The menu is expansive, but if you're bopping around on a weekend afternoon, stopping in to show the place to some out-of-towners, you can't go wrong with a burger and a draft local beer. It's a restaurant. It has been for nearly 50 years, and recently Esquire magazine put it on a list of 100 restaurants America cannot afford to lose. It's a museum, at least by definition, as a building in which objects of historical, scientific, artistic, or cultural interest are stored and exhibited. That's literally the dictionary definition, by the way. Photos, figurines, posters, and other paraphernalia from the Super Bowl championship St. Louis Rams to the Power Rangers to every pop culture phenomenon from the last five decades, really. It's a concert venue, hosting everyone from John Legend to Aaron Carter, Cheap Trick, all the way back to its most famous resident, Chuck Berry. It's home to the world's greatest jukebox. Where one song you can always count on is the fat domino tune the place is named for. I found my thrill. And it's where the man I grew up knowing from photos with famous people on the walls finally sat down with me for a podcast interview. It feels wrong being the person to walk into Blueberry Hill and stop the music. <laughs> Well, it'll pick back up again. I know. It always does, doesn't it? It always does. Music is just the lifeblood of human beings, I think. Yeah. It's certainly the lifeblood of Joe Edwards, father of the Delmar Loop. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, join Joe and me at our table, won't you? Well, it's a pleasure on my part, so thank you. He tells us what he did when the restaurant had to close up for the first time since 1972. I practice my armchair or booth seat therapy on him. Like <laughs> That's good. That's good. And we talk about the real thrill of Blueberry Hill. All those little touches that are very time consuming and not initially financially rewarding, but long term they are. Then, of course, food news and a weekend planner to call your mom about. Pause real quick if you don't know who Joe Edwards is and look him up. You've seen him before. Rocking a patterned button-up, jeans, white converse, and a ponytail, no doubt. He's looked much the same for the past few decades. Besides being the guy in all the photos with the famous people on the walls at Blueberry Hill, he's the owner. He also started the St. Louis Walk of Fame, the organization that puts the stars of nationally important St. Louisans on the sidewalk of the Loop. He owns Peacock Diner, Pinup Bowl, The Pageant, Delmar Hall, The Moonrise Hotel. He's opening a mini-golf place soon. Not everything Joe Edwards touches has been a hit. The Loop trolley ring any bells? That project's seen quite a few bumps in the road, to put it lightly, since its inception. But overall, one of the most famous spots in St. Louis, that stretch of Delmar Boulevard, one of the most historically and culturally diverse communities in the region, one of the certified most important streets in the country, is all that way because Joe decided to make it so. I mean, in the early days of Blueberry Hill, the Loop had really... Uh, kind of gone downhill for decades when I opened and um, and it was real important to me to um, make it safe for people. He described the changing post-war economy, blockbusting and systemic racism. It all had a major impact on St. Louis. It does to this day. And Delmar is right in the heart of it. Joe was one of the first people to say, you know what, let's put the heart back into this community. Crazy. Let's embrace diversity, make that a strength of the area, and little by little, organically, every storefront, every residential place got better and better, and the Loop is one of the most 
comfortable. Uh, it's the way America should be, where everybody gets along. It's really important to have people of all races and backgrounds, all ages. I don't know if you've been able to tell yet, but this is an in-person interview. Sitting on opposite ends of a long table, this was the first time I was able to sit down at a restaurant for the podcast in well over a year. It felt good. It's just so much fun. The, ultimately, all that is great, but the staff is what really makes the place really good staff, bar staff, kitchen staff, wait staff, and, and, and their dedication and their love of interacting with people and, and putting out really good, consistent food. Restaurants are tough to keep going, but as long as you have really have good, consistent food, the soup is exactly the way I tasted it. You know, the chili is wonderful from five years. It's just as good today. That, that's very meaningful. It is still a pandemic, yes, but Joe is fighting it with optimism. Our greeting was an elbow hello. It's what he calls the perfect greeting for pandemic times. He proudly shared his vaccination status. He wore a mask. And when I asked him about any positive life changes he's been able to make in the last few months, he gestured to the floor. Out of the pandemic, one of the physical things that has been beneficial, and I took advantage of the fact we had to be closed, Blueberry Hill had to be closed uh, those first couple of months, was to refinish the floors. And I know that sounds really mundane, but because we're open seven days a week, every day of the year, and have been all those years until since 1972, until the pandemic hit, I, I took that opportunity to be able to really refinish the floors in, in their proper way, where you let the, the first coat set for five days, and you put the next in your buffet and put the next one on. That could not have happened ever before. When you step into a place like this, it almost feels like it just was. It is, it was, it always will be. But of course, there was a lot of work to get it to being Blueberry Hill, the world-renowned, world's greatest jukebox, a place where world leaders want to come and eat. Is this, though, kind of what you pictured when you first opened the doors? Or how have you kind of taken the way the world has changed, too, and uh, adapted that into what Blueberry Hill is? No, I, I think like, like a, young, a lot of young people, like when I was young and decided to try this place, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I had graduated from Duke University and, and done my army stuff, all that, and, and figured, well, I'm going to try to use my record collection, and I'm a inveterate collector of everything, but records in particular, um, and comic books and baseball cards and statuettes, huh, I guess more than just <laughs> records, um, and, and open a place where I could, uh, you know, program the jukebox, and I hand-typed every slot that, you know, that you put in to show people what the song is, who the artist was, and what year it was popular, and I changed all those songs, except for Blueberry Hill, um, every two weeks, right on time, every two weeks. And that brought in tons of people. And that's why that jukebox was declared the number one jukebox in the world by the BBC, by Billboard magazine, by Cashbox, by Esquire magazine, by the Post-Dispatch, um, because it really was, I immodestly must admit, it, was, it really was at that time. This before CDs, before internet jukeboxes and all, and uh, there was nothing like it. And so a lot of people started coming in here, including the great John Goodman and his friends. He grew up in Afton in South County, and he and his friends would come in once or twice a week and just put quarter after quarter in the jukebox and play air guitar and sing along with the songs, and, and they had a blast. And I had a wonderful time hosting them and just and 
and, and singing along at times. It was just, it was so great to see people smiling and have music be such a part of their lives. From a jukebox or from a live band, it's, it's, it's still wonderful. And we're back, we're coming back little by little. We're resisting the, uh, the, the virus in a, in a smart, scientific, medical way. And uh, the more people that get vaccinations, the faster we'll all be back. Being able to rub elbows, do the elbow hello, and, um, and see bands live again in a meaningful way, not just a reduced capacity, but the full capacity. Yeah, tell me about that a little bit, because that's something that um, you don't realize how much you miss other people's sweat on you until you aren't allowed to be at a live music show like that. What are you, what, what's the story there? What are you thinking, looking forward to music? Well, right now, for example, at the pageant, you know, people can be in pods of four people and with separation between the others, and they should remain in their seats, except when they get up to get a beverage or go to the bathroom. But um, the, uh, the, the goal is to, well, it'll happen, it'll happen sometime where everybody can get back to doing it. When people came to Blueberry Hill in the duck room to see Chuck Berry, the father of rock and roll, the first person inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, performed 209 times here, they went away happy every time. When they saw uh, maybe lesser known groups like Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, they went out of here just perspiring like crazy because they <laughs> lived that show. She and the Dap Kings with their horn sight were just great. Um, and then when people came and saw um, you know, other great people like Grandmaster Flash and Ed Sheeran, John Legend, they all played the Duck Room at Blueberry Hill. Unbelievable. On their way up, and, um, and sometimes just as a nice thing to come and play a small place again. And the same at, at the pageant at Delmar Hall. The, the, the quality of, of music and comedy, for that matter, is, is really fun and great. And people like it and they, they like getting it out there and yeah. getting, in, getting in that mosh pit and dance a little bit. Absolutely. Well, you know, that got me thinking, too, about this, the whole story with Chuck Berry coming and performing here. I mean, as a star that could fill a much, much larger space. It, 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 it put the duck room on the map and, and, um, and then other bands like Cheap Trick from the Chicago area play the duck room. It's, it's amazing and people absolutely love it. It's a memory they'll have forever. And those, those intimate concerts, I think, stay in people's um, souls even more than the big ones where 50,000 people have experienced that thing. And you know, it's kind of on big screens and you're not really up there to see the person. You can't see their eyeballs. They can't see your eyeballs, but here they, you can and they can. And that's really something. It makes the artist, the performing artist, perform even harder, I think, to make sure he connects or she connects with every single person in that room. And they have the opportunity to at Blueberry Hill. You mentioned that as a young person, you weren't quite sure what you wanted to do. And I can't help but think, because you're always doing now and you're always doing something different, have you still really figured out what you would feel satisfied and say, this is my, this is my thing. I'm going to step away now. I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a rest for a little bit because I've done so much already. Have you figured out if there is a thing like that for you yet? I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure it'll happen someday when I'm <laughs> no longer around to realize it happened. But um, but no, I, I, love, I love the loop. I love St. Louis big time. And, and um, if I can add something that gives people a good experience, a positive experience, I'll keep doing it. St. Louis's reputation isn't the best all the time and we're constantly the little brother with the chip on our shoulder who's trying to prove ourselves and we're scrappy and there's amazing 
parts to us, but it feels like we sometimes don't get a chance to show that off. The loop has a walk of fame. It literally shows that off. It has that diversity there. And how much of what you've created here is a bubble and a unique thing in St. Louis and how much of it really is indicative of St. Louis overall? Well, the, the St. Louis Walk of Fame, I'm especially proud of. We have so many great people uh, recognized now in the St. Louis Walk of Fame that people from around the world and also just St. Louis citizens, citizens can realize what a great impact St. Louis has had on our national cultural heritage. And just, it, it blows me away how great our city is in that regard, historically, over 250 years, roughly. Um, other than some, a couple of eastern cities like Boston, New York, and Philadelphia, I think we've contributed more to culture than any other city in the country, way more early on than LA, San Francisco, Chicago, all the ones you say, oh my gosh, they're so big, they must be something, but um, we have done it. And when people look on the St. Louis Walk of Fame, website, they'll see examples that can inspire them and, and their kids and grandkids. Mm. That's an inspiring way to look back. What are some things that you wish maybe we would do more looking forward as a city? Because Joe Edwards can't revitalize every single street in the city of St. Louis, though I'm sure you've thought about it at some <laughs> point here. <laughs> well, I don't have the financial resources to do every one of them. I tell you, it's a, I mean, money is not the most important thing. You have to succeed on some levels at certain projects to do the next one. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, I, I think everybody in St. Louis, developers in particular need to, and governmental people need to look at what is best. And even if it's not financially huge right away, what's good long-term? And I've always thought about the long-term. I build for the long-term and I love this city. I, I will, I've been here my, my whole life except for college and a little army time so it's a, I and a lot of people come back even though they do leave it's a boomerang town by, by yep. the time they're in their 30s they realize you know what St. Louis is a darn good city after all I've seen the bright lights of the east and west coast I'm coming back to St. Louis we need to make it more attractive for them to come back yeah. what is it about your personality that you think allows you to create what you create and do what you do Gosh, I, I don't know. I just I. I had therapy this afternoon, so I asked questions like this. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess it's a, a zest for life. I guess in a way, and and I, I love pop culture, how it's affected us in a positive way. I pick out the the things that are positive to put up on, on display, uh, whether it's influential people in music or movies or or television shows or whatever else it might be. And, um, and I enjoy the reactions from people and, and talking with them to get their reactions. And oh gosh, I met here and my husband and I are coming in for our 40th you know, celebration. And other people that they've met and then they've had kids and we've had thousands of people that met here, which is really, really cool and gratifying. So that helps drive me too. Like we create a place where people feel happy, happy. Put your troubles behind, come on in, and then who knows what your memories will be. A lot of them were from here. How was the last year for you as a person who thrives on that kind of energy of being with other people and creating spaces for other people to get out of their house? 
Yeah, 2020 was a very difficult year for everybody, and, and especially for the places that I'm connected with because, you know, having no music, no live music, no, um, you know, food for a couple of months, no any, and interaction, it was really, really difficult. Um, and financially, obviously, it was difficult, but it was, it was difficult sociologically, too, or socially, just to, uh, to have that all of a sudden, whoop, Everybody's cut off. You have to stay at home, and and then try to give hope to people. All the customers, the residents, the various businesses. Yeah, we'll get out of this. It's 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 been a century since this happened. Uh, you know, long ago, a similar type of thing as far as the devastation. Uh, but we'll make it through. We're we're pretty resilient. My last question is something that I've been wondering since I was a kid and I first came here. I was looking at these pictures of you on the wall and thinking, what do you say to somebody that famous to ask them to take a picture with you? So what's your opening line for a president of the United States or Oscar winners, world-round athletes? How do you open that and how do you get a picture with them? I, I think a lot of times it's, it's just uh, when I comment on something to them, not just like, hey, man, that was a great concert. Um, but I'll say something specific. Like the several times I've met Bruce Springsteen, I, would, I wouldn't talk about his music. I would say, wow, the induction speech you gave for Roy Orbison at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was astounding. And when you said so-and-so about that, it really resonated. He just, his eyes lit up, and he, he started talking. He, it, 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 it wasn't the same old thing. And um, the presidents I met in St. Louis, not at Blueberry Hill, some at the pageant, but, uh, but, uh, but all, all, all sorts of other people. I guess if people have interesting things to say or interesting questions, then the other person will respond. It, it, I, I'm astounded myself at the number of people I've met and all the photographs on the walls, um, one end of Blueberry Hill to the other. And uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Hey, producer Dory, joining me now virtually. Hey. Guess, guess what? I have good news. What? What's that? What's that? So by sitting down with Joe Edwards and actually like meeting him, because, you know, we interview people for stories and stuff like that. But by actually, I feel like I, feel like I met and got to know Joe Edwards. By virtue of that meeting, the whole degrees of separation thing, I am one degree closer to Beyonce, to four U.S. presidents, to Bruce Springsteen, okay? And because okay. I am, because I'm giving myself that, that I know somebody who knows them, and you know me, now you are that much closer too. I am, so I'm two degrees separated then, right? Yeah. Something, you, Something like that. Yeah. Closer. I feel, I feel richer already. I know, I know. And hopefully everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast feels a little bit closer to all those stars now too. And speaking <laughs> of closer, it really was fantastic to actually be able to sit and do an interview in person. We're not going to be able to do all of them in person moving forward, but just knowing that, um, you know, things are getting a little safer and now we are able to go and sit down with folks at restaurants again for the podcast is so sweet. I love it. Love that change in energy. Yeah. That it's a nice little return to normal. Absolutely. Normal. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, and speaking of getting closer to normal, that's one of our top news headlines uh, this week in a whole series of food news you got together for us, story. Yeah. So the big news this week is that the city and county have lifted restaurant restrictions. So they were at 50% capacity. 
that has been lifted, but does not necessarily mean they can go to 100% capacity. I want to be clear about that because we've already been hearing from restaurants that there's a lot of confusion from the public. So restaurants still need to follow social distancing, spacing the tables out. So for some restaurants, they said that they could get maybe up to 70%. Other restaurants, no change. Um, Still a lot that we can see changing and coming from restaurants as far as this goes. Um, A couple other things that we did hear about, the midnight curfew in the city was lifted and the CDC mask guidelines for outside are going to be in place, but masks are still required inside businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely important to clarify some of those things. And if a restaurant still does ask you to wear a mask on their patio, then they still have that right to do so. Um, this is, I think, where we're going to see some of those folks who maybe did put a big tent outside. Um, you know, there was always that question of, well, that's not really outside, but that wasn't <laughs> yeah. that wasn't actually the intent for some folks, it was to be able to social distance. So now there are situations or people who took maybe a room that was like a rec area, a rec room or pool table area, and maybe put tables there. They can actually go up to as many people as they can fit in their space, as long as people are still six feet apart. And to your point, Dory, that very much does not mean 100% capacity. A lot of these places that don't have the extra space to get creative or, you know, places that are designed to be kind of cozy or intimate spaces where people are not six feet apart normally. Yeah. And restaurants were saying, please be patient with them. Understand that they're trying to abide by the comfort level of their employees and then other customers as well. You're just not going to see every single uh, booth filled up maybe at this point. So just understand that the next time you go to a restaurant, it's not exactly back to our old way of going, just sort of a new normal is what the the city and county like really wanted to make clear. Absolutely. Patience is key for sure, Dory. New mm-hmm. is um, new. Old is new again, I guess you could say uh, for a new <laughs> brew pub over out east. Tell me about this one. Yeah. So Schlafly expanding across the river for their first spot in Illinois. They're going to be building in an historic building in Highlands Town Square. So it's expected to open this fall. 80 seat restaurant, an awesome sounding 100 seat three season patio, which sounds just great. Uh, And really the coolest part about this new Schlafly brew pub is that it's going to be kind of a full circle moment for them. So the family originally immigrated to the U.S. and settled in the town that's now known as Highland. And that was back in the 1800s. So Schlafly coming back to their roots. I love that. Congratulations to them. And that can really, um, you know, make a destination out of that area in Highland. And uh, using a historic building, I think is very cool too. It'll be cool to see what they decorate and maybe the kind of specific beers they have on tap at that location to honor their legacy in Highland. Yeah, they said that they would be brewing up some special things there, but then also having their normal lineup of beers. Very cool. Uh, Lineup. We talk about food trucks a lot. We've got a few stories here related to food trucks, including for a couple of our favorite local restaurants hitting the road. Yeah. Narwhal is going to be taking cocktails on the road soon. So they released a photo kind of showing what their new food slash drink truck really. It's a drink truck. It's insane. It's so cool looking. So it's this really retro looking truck that they're naming Junior. And it's supposed to come out next month soon perfect timing for spring, late spring and summer season. Um, so that's coming next, next month from Narwhals. 
And then Max Local Eats gave an update on their food trucks. We told you about them late last year that that was coming. Well, the it now has a name, it, and I kind of love this. It's called the Patty Wagon. Like yes. Burger. Um, that is in the shop right now, but is expected to come soon too. So two new food trucks coming our way. I, and I, man, I want them to park right next to each other because, uh, Max Burger and a Narwhal's food truck on a sunny, gorgeous day in St. Louis. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know if it would get much better. Maybe though, maybe they would park next to each other at nine mile garden one day. Good option. Yes. Um, but if not in the meantime, nine mile garden is making some news on their own. They are expanding, bringing breakfast to their lineup three days a week. This is going to be on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And I think that starts this week. Um, so you can grab breakfast there from seven to 9. AM. So they announced the first batch of trucks are including, Honey Bees Biscuits and Good Eats, mm. La Cosecha Coffee Roaster, and Sidera Sweets, which I've mentioned them before is the best thing that I've had to eat. They have amazing baklava. So baklava, some coffee for breakfast at Nine Mile Garden. Sounds great. That makes me wish it was like a quick, I want to live in Afton right now to be able to walk <laughs> over to that in the morning. That sounds like such a nice little way to start your weekday. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't live in Afton, but I do live in the state of Missouri here. Uh, we got some new bragging rights to share you with you all. I mean, I think every time we have a story like this story, it's important to tell people because sometimes it feels like all the cool food stuff is happening on the East coast or the West mm-hmm. coast, but we have a lot to talk about happening right here. Yeah, we have a lot and it's thanks to food and wine magazine again. So they are pumping us up because we love to be, you know, in the national spotlight they came out with their best pizza state. So, okay, Missouri was ranked number 10. Uh, and I- I'm happy to say, proud to say, I kind of want to shout it from the rooftop that <laughs> Provel got a special shout out in there. So all the Provel haters out there, listen up. Uh, Missouri ranked number 10 best pizza state, mostly because of Provel and a bunch of St. Louis restaurants. Um, Now, Illinois got even bigger bumps. So they were at number four, mostly for their deep dish, got most of that spotlight. But the article also mentioned the cracker thin crust pizza that's cut into squares. That's also popular in Illinois. So I think St. Louis can take a little bit of credit for that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. What was number one, Dory? Do you know? Uh, New Jersey, which I thought was kind of weird, but maybe proximity to New York is kind of what bumped them up. Yeah, the big slide. So it's kind of like New Jersey is to uh, it got because of maybe New York City and then Illinois, maybe because of St. Louis a little bit. Exactly. I don't know. Um, no, I like that. So it's funny because one of the question, the questionnaire that is sent to new employees at KSDK and then forwarded out to the rest of the newsroom so we can kind of get to know them a little better asks for folks opinion on Provel and (laughs) even people working here, like don't always love it. But what I like, and you know, anybody who might be listening to this and applying for a job at KSDK, listen up. I like people to at least have an open mind about it. And I wonder sometimes if (laughs) they even know, like if you try a pizza, you just be like, "Mm, this is like a gooey cheese on this pizza, gooey cheese. When is that ever a bad thing? And Mm -hmm. throw that on some pizza. I do think though, it'd be pretty awesome, Dory, if you got on your roof and started shouting about Provel cheese. And then we got like a news tip that there's somebody standing on a roof (laughs) shouting about cheese in St. Louis. There's a crazy lady in Shaw. She's screaming about her cheese. (laughs) She just loves it though. (laughs) 
All right. And this is a story that has already gotten quite a bit of attention on social media. And we want you, as you're posting these pictures, to tag us as well, Abby Eat St. Louis. Dory, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So if you've been looking through your Instagram timeline and you've seen some Budweiser holiday cans with dogs on them, that is part of a new nationwide search. Budweiser is looking for its next dog to feature on the holiday can. Um, you've probably seen these the past couple of years, the, the Budweiser packs, they come, they look really retro with, um, you know, they have the Clydesdales and these old kind of wintry scenes. Well, this year's could feature your dog. Um, they are asking people to share the photo of your dog with this Budweiser can on social media using the hashtag Pupweiser contest. You have until Saturday night to do this. Now, there are a bunch of other rules that you should know about. It's too much to go into here, but we'll throw a link to this in the episode notes um, so you can make sure you enter correctly. I think we know a couple dogs who would also be great for this can campaign. Again, Brutus. Hello. Like it's, Hello. it's in his name. I mean, again, Mia is a little snobby, but I think that if it's a holiday can, she could be into that, you know, limited edition and whatnot. Um, Ronnie and Milo, they both could throw some looks. They could serve some looks <laughs> on the front of that can. So, hmm. 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 It's going to wind up being a dog that has like a really amazing story about being, you know, saving a kid's life or being rescued and rescued. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be. But that's okay. That's great. I just know that I want to go work at Budweiser and be the person whose job it is to look at these hashtag Pupweiser contest pictures. That sounds so fun. Well, and I was looking at the rules and everything. They're going to put up some for um, voting like beginning Monday. So they are already going through these pictures. It's a fast turnaround. They must like start putting this into production, you know, this summer to get ready for the, the winter beers that they put out. Yeah, absolutely. Get on, get on that right get now. On get on it. Hey, Dory, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So mine's a little bit of a different take. It's not necessarily something I ate, but something I drank. So over the weekend, um, went out to Augusta Winery for a friend's surprise birthday party. Um, There was about a dozen of us there. We were, we found some tables that we smushed together under this really nice outside canopy that they had that was just covered in grapevines. So it was just this lovely picturesque gorgeous spot. And it was a Saturday was an amazingly beautiful day too. It was just perfect day for the winery. Um, so that was the best thing I had was, uh, we got one of their semi sweet wines. I think it was called the, I'm going to butcher this name, but it was like a Vignoles V I G N O L E S Vignoles. Mm -hmm. Vignoles. Um, yeah. So it, it was great. Had a, had some of that. Um, and honestly, part of that, we've talked about this before. It's not always like the best thing we had to eat or drink, but part of the atmosphere of it too. Um, one of the things I'd been really looking forward to doing during the pandemic was getting out and going to a winery. So when one of my friends mentioned that he was planning this surprise birthday for our other friend, I was like, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, so it was just nice to get out and kind of, uh, enjoy wine with friends on a patio, on a vineyard. It was just a beautiful day. And we have so many of those beautiful scenes in Missouri. Sometimes you've, you know, and and on the Illinois side too. It's just, there's so many beautiful places like that. And I agree, you know, when we were talking earlier about music and events and capacity, sometimes it's just the small gatherings that make us feel Mm -hmm. the most excited about where we stand right now. I love that. Exactly. Yep. 
So mine is something that I actually just got to go and brought it home and it smelled so good. Actually, I tried to bring it home. It smelled so good. I started eating it in the car. It's from Zen Witch in the Central West End. And I had been wanted ordering from them this week. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I ordered a a ramen, but they weren't doing ramen that day. So I had to cancel my order. Ah, well, next time you order, if they're not doing ramen, get the Thai barbecue sandwich. Uh, I guess Mm -hmm. Zen Witch. It's um, uh, I believe it's the second location for this place uh the first in st louis it's originally based in chicago and it's a ciabatta bread but you can also get it like in a bowl with quinoa or wrapped in rice paper so it looks like a giant Mm. spring roll my they had pork belly cucumber red onion cilantro a tangy sweet aioli which was so good and jalapeno though it wasn't spicy i wouldn't say it was spicy it was kind of it was that perfect mix of like a little bit of spice but that sweetness of the Thai pork belly. And it was fantastic. I downed it really fast. And I know it's the best thing I had to eat this week because I had several other really good meals, but that's the one I keep craving. And last night I was like, is it absurd to go get that again tonight? Because I've been (laughs) craving it so much. So it was really delicious and I would definitely recommend it. I'm definitely going to try that next time I try to order from them and get the ramen too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Well, looking ahead to this weekend, we're talking about Mother's Day weekend. So we'll talk about more on how you can celebrate that in just a bit. But if you want to get the, you can make, you can make this first event, uh, something for Mother's Day too. Dory, I know that, uh, this is something close to your heart. Of course, we were talking about (laughs) the weekend of May 7th, 8th and 9th. Yes. So calling all my fellow great British baking show fans, the Science Center is doing their own sort of take on this Friday night. So this is part of their first Friday from home series. They're doing the Great Science Center Baking Show. It's a free virtual event from 6 to 8 p.m. They're going to feature baking demos with food science lessons that are mixed in there. Um, They'll also kind of throw in some trivia They'll have a featured speaker that they said will satisfy your sweet tooth. So I'm curious who that might be. Uh, And this is all free again. So this is just streamed on the Science Center's Facebook page. Tune in, check it out. Could be kind of a fun little thing to do on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Getting, getting, get, getting your bake on. I like that. Yeah. Um, on Saturday is an event called Mayors for Meals. So cities across St. Louis County are going to be collecting food and cleaning supplies and then donating that to the St. Louis area food bank. So pretty cool effort there. Each city will have its own collection site. You can take non-perishable food items, cleaning supplies there. Uh, check the food bank's website, Instagram, that kind of thing to find the location. Um, but it's nice to see some of these county, uh, the leaders within the county going out and getting their hands dirty a little bit, but also trying to help provide some meals for people. Because of course, this is an ongoing pandemic. There's an ongoing need and we need to keep doing stuff about it. So that event is happening this weekend. As I mentioned, it is Mother's Day weekend. If you have not bought anything yet, we are warning you right now. This is your second war- second and final warning that that's happening this weekend. If your mother is anything like my mother, my mother gets salty. Salty is like her favorite flavor to be, but especially if you forget Mother's Day or something like that. So we want to help make sure you are prepared for success, starting with um, Eckert's over in Belleville. Special menus are going to be available all Saturday and Sunday featuring fresh produce from the farm. You can make reservations online. It's a great opportunity to get out there and check Eckert's out and maybe do a little shopping. 
Nathaniel Reed Bakery in Kirkwood has pre-order cakes, macarons, quiches, and a bakery box filled with croissants and danishes available. You can place that order now, and the order will be ready for pickup through Saturday. Do not wait to the last minute on this one because they are closed Sundays as part of their normal business hours. Um, if you want to head over to Clementine's, they still have their hot chocolate bombs, even though the weather's starting to warm up a little bit, but they've actually revamped them for spring and Mother's Day, including some floral flavors. They're all half off now, by the way, through Mother's Day. Uh, their flavors include rose and lavender, and they look like flowers. They are so pretty, um, but you can, you know, gobble them up. And what a beautiful little thing to give your mom. It'll be mm-hmm. very impressive, I'm sure. Uh, And then also Cafe La Vie, the restaurant bar inside the La Meridian Hotel in Clayton is offering a Mother's Day brunch. You can make reservations for that online. But then the other cool thing they're doing, they have a wine tasting event on the hotel's open air pool terrace. How awesome does that sound? That sounds like a great little Mother's Day thing. Tickets are required for that, too. It's an excuse to be bougie at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is one that I'm tempted to just order for myself and say it's from the dogs. Grace Meat and Three is offering a Mother's Day brunch package that feeds two to four people. It includes a whole chicken plus waffles. And y'all know how I feel about chicken and waffles mm-hmm. as well as mimosas. You can pre-order this one online for pickup or you can dine in. And if you just really are wanting to get out and be in a fantastic environment, uh, maybe your first time going out to eat with mom or grandma in quite some time, Russell's Macklin location is a beautiful little spot. They will be open for brunch, including delicious cinnamon rolls. Mm, Just got to order one of those for the table at the very least when you go there. All right. Well, if you're looking for something food related to do, but also kind of an activity with your mom this weekend, we've got a couple other options. So Volpe Foods is doing a Mother's Day charcuterie board assembly class with our friends over at Charcou in the Lou. This sounds so cool, doesn't it? A little fun. I love this. Yeah. To do with your mom. My mom, by the way, um, right around the time we did the Charcou story, she's like, what are, look at these really pretty, and she couldn't pronounce it. And I'm like, oh, it's a charcuterie board, mom. Oh, she's <laughs> so cute. At the time, like, that would be a fun little activity to do with mom. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, so they're doing this class on Saturday. You can either buy your own food or get a kit from, Gol- from Volpe that has everything that you need to build and do that class. That's a fun little activity for Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, another activity on Saturday, the historic Daniel Boone home is holding a tea tasting luncheon. They'll have um, modern and historical teas, finger sandwiches and cookies. And then you can also tour the scenic village grounds that are out there in defiance. Um, Reservations are required, but kind of little Saturday afternoon out with mom. Sounds like it would be fun. If your mom gets mad at you because you don't have anything planned for her, you cannot say it's our fault because we've done all the work for you. We'll put a (laughs) list with links and information in our episode notes. Yeah. Abby Eat St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dori Olmos. The song Blueberry Hill was recorded by Fats Domino in 1940. Can you believe that? 1940? I know. It was written by Vincent Rose, Al Lewis, and Larry Stock. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We are out every week. And leave us a rating and a review as well. You can find us on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Definitely tag us in your Pupweiser contest (laughs) pictures. And seize the plate.